It's senior day at the University of Utah this Saturday. So which players are in for a big game against the Cardinal and potentially their last home game? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. We'd love to re- interact with you guys on the YouTube comments as well as on social media. You can follow the show at Locked On Utes. And we got a lot of fun stuff coming up because it's going to be a fun game on Saturday, honoring the seniors for the Utes and a great opportunity to get another big win against the Cardinal because, look, this Utah team is pretty heavily favored. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined for today's show by Spencer McLaughlin, host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. And Spencer, you do a segment of the best bets every single week in the Pac-12, and I don't know if this will be in your best bets, but it's just kind of a line that catches your eye, I think, when you just look at it is Utah's favored in this game by 24. Four points against the Cardinal. When you see a line like that, I'm curious what it tells you. Because to me, it speaks to there's probably some dysfunction inside Stanford going on right now there where it seems like people probably thinking this team is done with the season. We also know Utah hasn't lost a true home game since 2018. Not counting 2020 because no fans. That's what makes a good home crowd, home advantage. So this one to me really feels like the Utes are going to win. And they're going to win big because I think there's something going on behind the scenes when I see a line that big. Yeah, and the Pac-12 prime picks do not feature this Utah-Stanford game this week because it's it's such a big number, and there's always a reason for that. Whenever you look and say, wow, that's a big number, there's always a reason. Vegas is not doing this stuff on a whim. There's a reason the Utes are, are, are favored by that many points. It's even more than, than Oregon was favored against Stanford when they played them at home. That game was 31-3 to at the half. The final score, I believe, was 45 45- to 22 or 27 I, I i think it was i think it was 45 27 i'll double check that but utah being this big of a favorite is a testament to a couple things number one the utes are still a really good team even though they're out of the college football playoff race number two stanford is not a good football team no. they got housed last week at home not a great home field advantage but still they're on their home field waking up in their own beds not having to travel and they were beat by 38 points by Washington State. The Cougs offense was struggling mightily, and they got things going against that Stanford defense because the Cardinal have just completely lost their identity for what made them a good team with Jim Harbaugh and then David Shaw for a long time. And that's the trenches. They're they're just bad. Their offensive yes. line is putrid. Their defensive line is not physical. Their linebackers are not good enough. They've got a couple solid players in the secondary, but if you don't have a pass rush, I don't care if you put Deion Sanders back there, guys are going to get open. Mm -hmm. You can't cover for that long. And there's just nothing to this Stanford team that makes me believe Utah is going to have a problem with them at home. On the road, I could maybe see a slower than expected start, but at home, I expect this to be Utah all the way. It's not in the prime picks because it's, up to 24 now if i could get 23 and a half maybe maybe i would but regardless i would lean i wouldn't lean utah here even yeah. giving up that many points th- this could be 
a 49 to to 10 final score or 49 to 17 final score. It, it could be something like that. The Stanford team is just not good. I agree. You love those like 23 and a half, by the way, you don't like the, you don't like the even numbers. You like those little, no, it, well, that, but so that, that, that's how Vegas gets you. The key uh-huh. numbers that, that you want to look at seven, 10, 14, 20 and 24 and, and maybe more 21 than, than 20. But anytime you're around there, I'd rather be, on on just on this side of it and you think a half point isn't a lot when talking about gambling those half point hooks are there for a reason like if you told me this was 24 and a half maybe i'd go with the cardinal but i really don't have that much faith in them and it feels it feels like a 42 to 10 45 to to 10 or 17 sort of game so i i really do not have a lot of confidence in the Cardinal. But when you're looking at those numbers, just generally speaking, like, for example, one I will have in the prime picks this week, as long as you can keep it under 20, is UCLA minus 19.5 at home against Arizona. There's a reason that that takes place, because to get to 20, two touchdowns, two field goals, right? So unless you have a missed extra point, then you're going to cover it at 19.5, but you wouldn't cover at 20.5 if you separate yourself from the other team by that much. So... 7, 10, 14, 20, 21, and 24 are are the biggest kind of pivot points where I look and go, hovering around that line, I'd rather have that extra half point on, in, in either direction. It's why I'm staying away from Utah, but I have no reservations whatsoever about Utah winning this game. Some good advice for our best big game bets that we're going to get to a little bit yes, later. Yes, 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 we will. And yeah, you mentioned that absolute thrashing that occurred at Stanford last week, 52 to 14. And that was one where, look, the cart, the Cardinals give up over 200 yards passing. That's kind of been a theme throughout the season, but they gave up 306 yards on the ground. And we saw this Utah team absolutely decimate them last year on the ground too. Utah had three running backs last year in Mackay Bernard, Tavion Thomas, and TJ Pledger go for over a hundred yards. And I mean, when you just look at it that way, I mean, I feel like the youth can get them through the air. They can get them on the ground. It's why you see the line so large. So I think in terms of players in for a big game for me, for Utah, I think Cam Rising is going to have a nice bounce back performance. He just wasn't quite himself last week against Arizona. Just didn't look quite right. 13 for 25, 150. It was raining. I wouldn't worry about it. Well, no, he just got the injury thing is the bigger concern. He just, yeah, I agree. Against Washington state. You can tell he's just not quite right yet. So, but he felt like he settled in as the game went on, still missed a couple throws late, but definitely was better in the second half. I thought, especially the first drive was rough, but he's got a little better each time. So I think this is a nice opportunity for him to get back a little bit. I don't expect Dalton Kincaid to play still in this one, but I, I do feel like that the, you're going to see this passing game kind of come back to form a little bit. Campbell have over 250 yards passing in this one. You see Devon, a couple of deep bombs to Money Parks, Jalen Dixon get involved a little bit too. And Thomas Yasmin made a couple of nice plays in the passing game last week. I expect him to do some things for the youths. And then looking at the ground, I just, you look at last week and Tavion Thomas finally returned to the sideline for this Utah team after his brief absence against Washington state. And then we just didn't really know what was going on with him. Coach Whit was kind of no comment played on kickoff as well as was in on punt return. So, and then once we saw Jalen Glover, Andrew Quinn and Jackson get dinged up, that's when he came in the game and started to rush it a little bit more. I think that just getting that in back in had the practice reps a little bit. And he was someone who's willing to do whatever the team needed. He went in on scout team for them. 
I think we're going to see Tavion Thomas cross 100 yards again in this one. I think the Utes are going to ride him early. I don't know how much of Jalen and Jaquindon we're going to see with both those guys a little banged up, as I mentioned. I, I don't think they're anything. I don't think they'll be ruled out, honestly. But I think if you can save them, why not? Because at this moment, they feel like they're, they've been strong backs for you. And this is a great opportunity to get a win and get your leading rusher from last season going again. So I do think Tavion's going to have a big game. And look, I don't know if Utah's going to have another 300-yard rushing performance. But man, I think they're definitely heading for over 250 in this one. If they're not over 250, I would question the game plan. You can yeah. run on this Stanford team really easily. I have a question for you. Yeah, uh, and the, yeah, they're just they're just not good in the trenches on either side of the ball. They struggle to get a push. They can't protect Tanner McKee, who's not very mobile. They can't stop the run. They don't get after the passer super well. From what I've seen, they get after the passer a little better than they than they do stopping the run. But you think of those old school Stanford teams, their offensive and defensive lines were were what made them great and then a player like Bryce Love, Christian McCaffrey, Stephon Taylor, a bunch of other great running backs they've had complemented that. But this is just not not what Stanford is anymore. They've gone in a different direction. I don't think it works for them particularly well. I have a question for you though, JT. Who's uh, Utah's fourth string running back? Fourth string running back. This is what makes it so weird because I, honestly, at the moment, it might be, it probably is Tavion Thomas. That's what's kind of crazy. This running back depth chart, I know it's surprising. This running back depth chart is completely flipped, but with everything that Tavion was kind of dealing with, he really didn't seem like was going to get a carry on, in this game until Jaquindon Jackson and who's a former quarterback, Jaquindon, although I want to remind people. And then Jalen Glover, kind of the true freshman, kind of got banged up a little bit. And then it was just Makai. And Makai's dealing with injuries as well. So that's the biggest. I just like going to this season we thought it'd be Tavion and Makai but Makai's a little bit hurt Tavion um I think he's battling some injuries and has some other stuff going on um behind the scenes that's none of our business as well so at the moment that's why it feels like Tavion's the fourth string just I think if but coach Witt doesn't really update the depth chart so that's where it's hard to tell but I do feel like at this moment that in a Pac-12 championship if it was played tomorrow and Utah was in it I think Tavion Thomas would get the least amount of carries in that one just based off what we saw against Arizona so I asked that question to to bring up my prediction for this game. I think Utah will have three players run for a touchdown. I like that. And they will have at least three players, one of them being Cam Rising, assuming he's fully healthy and playing, mm-hmm. over 60 yards rushing. I like that. I, I think you'll have three guys in that range. And if, if Utah is smart here, which they tend to be with that coaching staff. Very smart. I think you play a bunch of different running backs because you can. You, you This is not a Stanford team where you need to play your best back and he's what's you know going to, to drive the bus for your rushing tech. No, you can put a variety of different running backs with different styles and you're going to be able to handle the Stanford offensive line. So I think you'll have Cam Rising. I'll say Cam Rising over 50 yards rushing. I think you'll have two running backs over 75, one over 100 and and all three will will run for a touchdown, whatever order they come out on the field in. I like it. I could definitely see it happening, and it should be an offensive explosion for the Utes. And we're going to talk about some of those defensive players who could be in for a big day against a Stanford offense that, to put it lightly, struggled last week against Washington State in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about upside. Inflation has us all thinking about a different different ways to cut back. Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every 
purchase. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Guys, Upside is super easy to set up, download from the App Store, and start saving today. So make sure you head over and get Upside. It earns more than a million dollars every week for their users, and it's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or or more using promo code LOCKED. Once again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today for the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast so spencer coming back in looking at this utah defense that's coming off an outstanding performance against arizona yes the weather was bad but at the same time you still saw the utah some success through the air and you could just see the coverage downfield especially for the amount of time jane delora still had on a couple of those throws was really outstanding and i expect these corners to once again be able to stick to those receivers for the stanford passing game and is another one where it's hard to peg down which Utah players are in for a big game because I feel like so many of Utah's defenders could really go off. So I'll go with a budding star who's been, I've had a number of my guests, he's been their favorite player, is Jonah Ellis, Utah's defensive end. He only has a sack and a half on the season, but that doesn't really show the amount of pressure he's been generating. So I do think against a struggling Stanford offensive line, he's going to get home for two sacks. And I do think someone in this Utah secondary gets a pick. And I'm going to go with Zamaya Vaughn, who had a big game last week. I think Zamaya Vaughn got a career high in pass breakups. This week gets an interception. And I think the youths just are able to create chaos on that side of the ball. And it's one of the things that leads to this line being as large as it is. Yeah, we've talked about the pass rush for Utah being inconsistent. The front four, particularly against USC, just not able to generate a consistent amount of pressure on the quarterback. This is what you'd call a potential get-right game. If Utah struggles to get pressure here, then yep. it's going to be tough sled next week against Oregon because yep. that offensive line is the best in the Pac-12. They are ridiculously good. Bo Nix has been sacked once in nine games. Once in nine, which is a credit to Bo's mobility from time to time, but it's about 85 90% credit to yep. that offensive line and how good they have been. Their experience, their veterans. So if you're, if you're Utah coming into this game against Stanford, if you're not able to pressure and sack Tanner McKee on several occasions and have it be consistent, then that's a red flag going into a game at Oregon that's got a prolific offense, but the Stanford team does not. And I think if you're Utah, you have an opportunity here to use this as not just a get-right game for the defensive line, but really for the entire team because Stanford has not been good and the entire defense in particular. Mm-hmm. You know the last time the Cardinals scored over 30 points? They've only done it once this year, and that was against Colgate, which last I checked was a brand of toothpaste and barely a football team. They've been under 30 points every time. The two what times where they've do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing, nothing specifically. They managed 27 points in Autzen Stadium at Oregon. Most of those points came in garbage time as they had three points at the half, and the game was never close. They had 27 at home against Oregon State, and they had 28 at home against USC. Those are their only like notable yeah. scoring outputs. They had 22 at Washington. Again, a garbage time touchdown in there made that a little bit closer than it was. They've been under 20 points in four straight games. Somehow, they're 2-2 two and two in those games because Arizona State's a mess and Notre Dame sucks offensively. So what you have here for Utah 
is a team that's not going to score a lot of points. So then you go to the other side of the ball. How's Stanford been winning? These low-scoring, slug-it-out affairs. Is Stanford's defense good enough to slow down Utah? I say no way, Jose. And I, I like the Utes big here. And now as I'm saying this out loud, I might like them in the Pac-12 prime picks because you're going to hold you the go. Cardinal most likely under – you're going to hold them most likely under 20 points. I'm still scared by that 24 yeah. number. Whether or not the Cardinal could come in the back door, if it were 23 and a half, I think I'd, I think I'd go with them. But bet online, last I'd looked, maybe it's moved, had it at 24. But this, is, I, I can't see the Cardinal on the road here scoring over over 20 points. Um, 21 is the absolute max they could have. So then, you know, if that's the case, you need Utah to get to around 45. Like that, that's just a little, a little iffy potentially. But you know, in terms of struggling with the game, no issues for Utah here. No, ab- absolutely. None. 16, 15, 13, 14. That's Stanford's offensive output in their last four games. That's all you need to know. And those are against a good Washington State defense, a solid UCLA defense, but I think Utah's is capable of being better. An Arizona State yep. defense that stinks, and Notre Dame's who's is fine, but whose team overall is not very good. Exactly. I love that you did bring in the heat today, by the way. You were fired <laughs> up after those ranking shows last night. You were oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. The college football playoff rankings mostly fine but the ones that they're missing on they're missing big time i'm i'm like how is usc at eight and ucla's at 12 in what universe have those two schedules been like that ucla dominated washington for three quarters and then allowed him back into it at the end but that in and of itself is a better win than any singular victory usc has right now just from a rankings perspective because washington beat oregon state and UCLA also took care of business against Utah big time, who, if you want to say the Utes and Trojans were even on that day, okay, but UCLA was way better than Utah. So you're giving them no credit for that. And USC the last couple of weeks, you know what they've done? They needed a final possession first down to ice the game with Cal and Arizona. That shouldn't have happened in yeah. either instance, but it did. And I think it's ridiculous that the committee's just looking at the SC logo and saying, oh, well, you know, they get to be number eight. Like, I'm sorry, wait, what? What If SC is eight, then UCLA's seven. And I don't think USC should be eight, but I think UCLA should be inside the top ten. I think everything else is about right, but I think USC should be in Clemson's spot. I think UCLA should probably be one slot behind Alabama at eight. So I'd have UCLA nine. I'd have USC ten. Oregon at six is correct. U- or LSU at seven is correct. Tennessee at five is correct, as is TCU four, Michigan three, Ohio State two, and and Georgia at number one. And Clemson should be below Utah. The Utes would roll over the Tigers. Clemson stinks. The ACC is bad, and Clemson has been scraping by. I am all fired up about that sort of stuff. Gosh. If you guys think that's a lot about Clemson too, please go check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. (laughs) Spencer really goes in on Clemson and some of these. Yeah, they're bad. It is a fun time for the Pac-12 to at least have those four teams in the top 10. And it's a fun time for college football because it's another great slate of games. And we're going to talk about those in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about a great deal from UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month saving certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to earn an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Guys, we know interest rates and inflation are both on the rise. So this limited time offer, once again, is is a 15th month savings certificate from UCCU with an incredibly high APY of 
4.00%. With your savings certificate, you guys know you can save a lot, and it's a great opportunity for you because saving accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals. But a savings certificate, you can you just make one deposit and then let your money grow and grow and grow and grow. And with a fixed rate of return, that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? Let's just say a lot higher. You can also get a savings certificate for as little as 500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, big or small. Make sure you guys visit uccu.com to learn more or get a savings certificate today. Once again, that limited offer, a 15-month savings certificate from UCCCU with an incredibly high APY of 4.00% and a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. Visit uccu.com to learn more or to get a savings certificate today. UCCCU, love where you bank. Also, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered with the biggest odds, lines, and games. You guys know it's a great time to be a sports fan right now. College basketball is now back, NHL, NBA underway, and the college football and NFL season is really starting to kick into high gear. There's so many fun games for you guys to get cash in on the action for, and that's what Bet Online is here to help you do. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Spencer, jumping into our best big game bets, let's just start with the game we've been talking about, Stanford at Utah. That line, as we mentioned, 24 in favor of the Utes. I like it. You mentioned there's not really much we've talked about for the Stanford team that they can do. You've been towing on the line of whether you like it or not. I'm going to take the points for and the Utes to cover. How do you see it? I think I'll lean that way as well. Because if you operate under the assumption that Stanford is not going to suddenly pop and get over 20 points again on the road against Utah, then let's say... Let's be generous and give them 17. You now need the Utes with a 24-point line that they're laying there to get to 42. Mm-hmm. And this is a Stanford defense that is that is really poor and a UCLA offense that's that's been excellent at home in particular. So I, I think that's the side to lean with. I would like it more at 23.5 just in case, you know, final score 24 or 41 to, to 17, rather, and it's right in that range. I, I can see that taking place. David Shaw's a solid football coach, but he just doesn't have that that many pieces there to keep up with Utah. But I, I think it's more likely you hold Stanford to 13 to 17, you score in the mid to high 40s, than it is for the Cardinal to keep it within that margin. Let's move on to a sneaky fun one. LSU going to Fayetteville, taking on the Razorbacks. Arkansas, look, they're really struggling right now, but LSU... Coming off the biggest win in Brian Kelly's early tenure, that line is actually only three for LSU, so it kind of shows you that it looks like Arkansas, KJ Jefferson, the experts think this this could be a little bit of a game, and I I will take LSU in the points. I think they'll win by more than three, but I think this is a fun one. It doesn't take overtime, but I think this is, I mean, Jane Daniels playing the whole way, and there's still some sweat on Kelly's old dancing face at the very end of this one, because I think the Razorbacks give him a really good game. I think they do as well, and you should be cautious, at least in, in, in my view, when a line is that small, mm-hmm. when hypothetically there's that big of a gap. So all yeah. in Arkansas, Arkansas just lost to Liberty. Yeah, but all in Arkansas and Arkansas and the points here, because this game is in Fayetteville, I think if you flip the line the other way and went in Baton Rouge, it would be around, yeah. you know, nine. It's usually like four each, you know, not nine or ten or so. And I would lean LSU with that home crowd. But because it's in Arkansas, I could see LSU needing to squeak by the Razorbacks, who are, are not terrible 
and are not great. They're kind of in the middle, but this is a show me game for LSU. It's an instance where they just had a big win against Alabama. And now you've got to prove that you do belong in that conversation of, is this a two loss sec team? That's going to, to break through that glass ceiling and get into the playoff with a pair of losses on their schedule. I think they could be, but they're now playing with more pressure than they were a week ago. They got to go on the road. I, I think Arkansas, I don't know if they can win if they can win outright, but I, I would be wary. It's it's a stay away game for me personally, yep. but I would I, I would go with Arkansas in the points there. I could not feel more opposite about coaches than I do of how much I love Sam Pittman and how much I despise Brian <laughs> Kelly personally. So I hope that Razorbacks can pull this one out. I have a friend. Yeah. So I'll do shout out to my good buddy, Brendan Bates. Anyways, keeping it moving here. There's also another fun game, in my opinion, going on. And just look, Alabama, Ole Miss, nine versus 11. It's lost a little bit of luster, I think, just because, look, Alabama's out of the CFP. But their season's not over. And I think Nick Saban is still going to be hungry to go out there and get a big win with his guys. And they're Bryce Young, the competitor that he is, Will Anderson, all these dudes. I think the tide is gonna are gonna roll in this one. I know Ole Miss has been doing some nice things. There's a reason Alabama's favored by 12. I think they're winning by at least two touchdowns in this one. So I like the tide to cover. I, I hate the number 12. It is a funky, funky number. The 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 tide's defense against everyone not named Tennessee is why I'm with you on on going with Alabama here because. You think about the Ole Miss offense and Lane Kiffin run the football. They've been really good, but take out that Tennessee game. Look at what Alabama's defense has done this year. They've been dominant. Not good. They've been dominant. They had one bad game. It was on the road. This game is in Tuscaloosa, right? Yes. Or is it, it, is. Or is Actually, it at, at Ole, Ole Miss? Miss? I'm sorry. At it's, Ole at, Miss. It's, at, it's at Ole Miss. I, I, hmm, that gives me a little bit more pause. I thought this was in Alabama. It's, it's a big number to give up. But again, on the road, I think Vegas is telling you what they actually think of Ole Miss, who feel like, you know, they're a seven or eight win team, but they don't deserve to be that at this point in time. They don't have a ton of great wins. I'll go with the tie. I, I think it's a bounce back spot as well. You know, Saban off of a loss is going to do a lot of good things. And, and Ole Miss is a one trick pony. And yep. that's they're going to score a bunch of points. And if you can take that away, which I think this Alabama defense can, then I think the you know Ole Miss is not going to be slowing down Bryce Young and company. And uh, sure. I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think they can get it over two touchdowns. I bet you they win by probably 17, and it's closer than that for a while. Another fun one: TCU at Texas. Game day is going yeah. here. Texas favored by seven, which is oh, man, is that interesting? We saw Texas earlier. If Quinn Ewers plays the whole game, they very well probably beat Alabama in this one. Man, seven is a lot. Look, I, we just see TCU do it time and time again. They just find ways. And even if they lose, it feels like it's coming down to a late field goal. Seven is too much to me. So I'll take the Horn Frogs to cover in this one. But I don't know if they're going to be able to win. I, I agree. Because what you've seen from these teams this season are opposites of one another. They are opposites of one another. Texas is a great first half team. Yep. And they are bad in the second half. Look at Oklahoma State. They score three points in the second half, lose the game on the road. They had a double-digit lead. TCU, on the other hand, once they get behind by double digits, psh, got them right where we want them, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is one where TCU, if they don't win outright, could come racing through the back door. And I, I think the Horn Frogs do have a chance to win this game. It's telling the line is that big. Vegas has continued to love Texas all season long. They've continued to fade TCU. You feel like that's going to catch up to them eventually. 
but I don't know if if it's really set. If you can get over seven, I think that's tremendous value. Under seven, probably a little bit better value on the Longhorns because TCU's defense is indeed really, really bad. But yeah. overall, if it's just sitting right at an even seven, I think you go with the Horn Frogs. I like it. Let's end it in the Conference of Champions. Washington going to Eugene to take on mm. the Ducks. 13 and a half, another one of those half ones. So kind of an interesting one. And this is tough, but I feel like Washington's going to cover. I, I think Oregon's going to win, but I think they make them sweat a little bit. I, I think this is a fun one back and forth. going to be a fun duel between Penix and Knicks. But in the end, I think the Huskies hang in, make it a close one. I, I expect Oregon to win, but I like Washington to cover. I think Oregon will get the cover here. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think it's going to look that way to start. I think Washington comes out, moves the ball, puts up some points. But I just question whether or not after what Washington has showed offensively the last couple of weeks, you know, they, they were riding high and doing a lot of great things in the early going. But, you know, they played Portland State. They played Kent State. Michigan State's got a terrible pass defense. And then they played Stanford, whose defense is is atrocious. And since then, the offense has kind of come back to earth a little bit. You know, they put up great numbers against UCLA, but they were down 24 and then had to come through the back door. Now, I could see that. I could definitely see that happening. Oregon's backdoor defense has been really terrible for anyone who's been betting them this year. They've allowed a lot of late garbage time points. They were better that better with that against Colorado a week ago, but even Cal was able to put up points when the game was well within hand. But UCLA went in there as a six-point underdog, and Oregon took care of business. I think the Ducks inside Austin Stadium are, are, just, are just really, really good. So I, I think Oregon... I think Oregon wins 45-28. I like it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun as this late of games will be. Um, shout out UCF Tulane 22-17. That's going to be a great one. That line. Yes. One yes. I just didn't want to take UCF. Take you. Take take you. Take UCF. I'll take Tulane. We'll see who comes I'm out. With, on top. I'm with UCF. Boy, yeah. we got some bragging rights on the line this weekend. You and me, just on this we show. Do. And it only amps up next week, my friend. Oh yes, <laughs> yes it does. We will be seeing plenty of one another next week. Always good to be on with you, man. Appreciate it, Spencer. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Spencer's got his prime Pac-12 prime picks as well. Great segment going on over there. Follow him at smalls underscore 55 on Twitter. Once again, thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys for listening to Locked On Utes, and we'll see you tomorrow.